Hayden Medical Education Podcast listeners. This is Kevin Eva, the editor of the journal, coming to you today from a warming spring in Vancouver and looking very much forward to speaking with a colleague from the Netherlands. The voice you'll hear momentarily is Iris Janssen, who is at the Amsterdam University Medical Centers, where she's completing her PhD. And the study that you're about to hear about is, as I understand it, the second study in that PhD process, and you'll find it in the June 2021 issue of Medical Education under the title, An Act of Performance, Exploring Residents' Decision-Making Processes to Seek Help. Iris, you're getting very close to the end of your PhD, or at least uh, within the final year. Congratulations, and I'm sure it's a very busy time, so I appreciate you taking the time out to do this. Yes, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I'm really excited to talk to you. So you mentioned that your background is in sociology, is that correct? How does a sociologist such as yourself come to the world of medical education? Yeah, that's a surprise for me as well. (laughs) I was very interested in social processes and how people work together. And then I came across this vacancy and I was really interested in residents learning environment, learning climate. And then we wanted to delve more into that topic and to see what is an actually unsupportive learning climate and unsupportive learning climate, what is happening there. And then I came across articles about residents' help-seeking behavior and how residents hesitated at times to seek help. And that really interested me. And I thought, well, I wanted to delve in that topic more. And that was actually born of this study. Nice. Okay. And so beyond your personal interest, what is it that convinced you it's an important thing that our field needs to better understand? Yeah, I think help seeking is something which is difficult, of course. It makes you vulnerable. But in the end, it is also very important. Residents are learners. And by definition, it is something there are things you do not know for which you need to seek help not only for your own learning trajectory, but also for safe and high quality patient care. So I thought that is important to well, to delve into the topic more deeply. You mentioned early on that it is a topic that's been explored and, and often you know, by looking at interactions, there can be labeled as the student-supervisor relationship. What did you try to bring to this area that was unique relative to the work that you'd already uncovered? Yeah, so I think what is the unique part of this study is that we try to look more broad at what is happening in the workplace. Patient care is a team effort. And while delivering patient care, residents work with so many more professionals, with their colleagues, with nurses, with physiotherapists, with all different kind of professionals in the workplace who also might have a role in how residents decide to seek help. And I felt that link was still missing within the literature and also some colleagues touch upon the fact that for example allied health professionals also have a role in residents learning so that was the lens to look at this topic with specific use of social cultural learning theories which guided us and helped us to see help seeking from a broader perspective and with broader i mean beyond only supervisor resident relationships and to get out of the wide variety of issues that would fall into that category, how did you gather data that you thought would help get you beyond that very focal interaction? What did you do to try to make sure that people were able to speak to that wide array of things that you thought might have an influence? 
Yeah, so I think from a methodological stand of view, we took then sociocultural learning theories as lens that really helped us to view social processes in the workplace, what kind of social processes are there. But then we also had to deal with that help seeking is a very difficult topic we came across to talk about. When I asked residents, can you give an example from last week in which you sought help? Then they said, oh no, I never seek help. And then when I used other terms like checking, verifying, consulting, they came up with many instances and then later on in the interview I said well I think you also gave some examples of help seeking but I feel it is a very vulnerable topic what do you think about that and then they really reflect upon well, the vulnerability of the topic the sensitivity of the topic and then we had a very nice conversation. So that's very interesting in and of itself just speaks to the broader phenomenon of how important it is to use the right language to get people talking about the phenomenon that you're interested in with the issue with the phrase help seeking that they just hadn't considered it in those terms before or that they were hesitant to disclose some of those behaviors until they had had more comfortable examples come out. Yeah, they really felt that help-seeking was an utterance of I don't know. And saying I don't know as a resident was not done, they felt. Uh, As a resident, you have to be certain, you have to be decisive, you have to know. And help-seeking was felt as something which is actually not done. It was kind of felt like an helpless and then terms like checking and consulting was felt as more easy to say that they actually needed help without saying the words. That alone in my mind reinforces the value of doing this work because it's such a, an important part of you know, regulation, self-fence and professional regulation. I think it speaks to the very core of your title, even the active performance. Do you mind just elaborating on what you mean by that phrase or why it became so yeah. central? Yeah, of course. I love to. So residents talked about help seeking as an act of performance. And then what they mean was the how of asking questions and the when of asking questions was really felt as a measure of their competence. They felt that by asking help, they were really assessed for it. Also, residents talked about the decision whether or not to seek help as a internal dialogue, which can be seen as the balancing act. They balance several aspects in their minds before actually asking for help. And to just elaborate on that for me a little bit, what types of aspects are they trying to weigh when deciding whether or not to engage in that behavior? So always in the center of their minds was providing safe and high quality patient care. And with this in mind, residents, they wanted to demonstrate their ability to work independently, maintaining their credibility as a junior physician, actually, and becoming an accepted team member. And what we then found was, so those are the fear aspects and how residents weigh up these aspects was actually influenced by forces of the workplace. So when they felt like a workplace was unsafe or they had an unconstructive relationship with supervisor they for example found it more difficult to seek help because they were afraid to lose their credibility or that they were unable to demonstrate their independent practice for example and so interesting to me in part was that you were deliberately looking for these more environment focused factors yet the trainee supervisor relationship still seemed to come out loud and clear in your data that remained a central component of students willingness to engage in help seeking 
Yes, so the supervisor role is still very important. And it also has to do with the fact that they are in a dependency relationship. Supervisors do assess residents. So help seeking then was often difficult from supervisors. But what we saw and that I found very interesting is when residents were unsure whether a question was valid or necessary, they first pre-consulted nurses or their peers. For example, do you think I should discuss this with my supervisor? And then, for example, the nurse said, yes, 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 you should. And then they asked the supervisors. So yes, the supervisor was very important. But I think what we did see is the role of these others in the difficulty of asking help from supervisors. Interesting. So there was a lot more going on around that relationship than that it's simply a matter of your trust or perceive the supervisor's views to be important or credible. Yes. Yeah, indeed. To maintain your credibility, to demonstrate that you're able to practice independence. Yeah. So again, maintaining the assumption that help seeking is a good thing, that we want to encourage those behaviors or whatever it's labeled to make sure that it takes place in a way that protects patients. That implies that it's, it's not just a matter of telling the supervisors what they need to do to enable the resident to come look for help. What are your thoughts in terms of how the work environment needs to change or how the team that's around the resident that you described should be thinking about their role in enabling the resident to seek help? Yeah, that's a very good question. I think broadly said, there needs to be a safe learning environment. Yeah, what is then a safe learning environment? That's so broad. What residents repeatedly talked about was that they found it very nice when supervisors sat down with them. And they said, well, if you come across something X, Y, Z, then you need to seek help from me. And I think that other things, ABC, you can do by yourself. So such conversations, residents really value because they know what was expected from them. They know when they were expected to seek help and when they could do things by themselves. But those conversations were very rare, unfortunately. Also, what was very important, and I stay in the role of supervisors, was when they saw a supervisor role model help seeking, when they saw that supervisor said, hey, I also don't know, let's ask someone else. And they thought, oh, my supervisors also do not know everything. That was very important. And then when we look more broadly at the team, I think it is important when everyone knows their role, because when you know your role in the team, you also know for which you can seek help from all those different team members and then make it also more low key to seek help. Interesting. So some very concrete advice there and things that don't sound that difficult to implement if you're the supervisor, as long as you're again, proactively planning for it. So just thinking about this as being part of your PhD studies, let me end on the question of what can we expect from you next in terms of the eight months or so that you have to go before you wrap up your formal studies? Is the next step planned? Where is this work leading you? Oh, I love this question. So what I really saw in this study is the role of the others in the healthcare team, the role of nurses. And I want to delve in that more deeply. So what is the role of nurses in the learning of residents? And that's where my next study is about. I'm doing a mixed method study in which I ask nurses, what is the role in the learning of residents? And I ask residents the same question. What do you think the role of nurses is in your learning trajectory? And then doing interviews to deepen these findings more to answer that that piece of the puzzle. Excellent. I look forward to reading that and wish you the best of luck with wrapping up that study, but also your PhD. I'm sure it's going to be an exciting moment for you when it's all done. Thank you. Yeah. yeah.
Pleasure. Just before we wrap up, I'll remind people that have been listening, if you want to find the paper that we've been discussing, the first author is Iris Janssen. It's in the June 2021 issue of medical education under the title of Inactive Performance, Exploring Residents' Decision-Making Processes to Seek Help. Thanks again, Iris, and good luck. Thank you.